Hello, welcome to our Lighthouse podcast. We hope that this message brings inspiration and intent to your day. So what does the Fellowship of the Ring, the Mighty Ducks and the punk bands of the 1960s have in common? Stay tuned and find out. Welcome to our series, The Power of Community. And I'd like to suggest to you today that for any community to have any power, it needs a cause. Consider the Fellowship of the Ring and their quest to restore order to Middle Earth, or maybe the Avengers and their quest to bring order back to the universe, or maybe in a dazzling display to end tyranny, the Mighty Ducks, a ragtag band of street kids coming together to end the tyranny of the Adena Hawks, those snooty rich kids. In reality, we find causes behind any community we observe in society. Consider the abolitionists and them coming together to absolve the slave trade. Or, like I mentioned before, the punk bands of the 70s and 80s adding intensity and passion to the fluid, mellow pop tunes that came in the decades before them. In every pillar of society, we can observe that communities are driven by their cause. There's an interesting thing though, it doesn't matter how diverse or how pious these communities are, they all have one thing in common, that they exist to enact or counteract change. Ah, that's better. This is no different in Christian community. Although, while most communities would seek to engage some kind of change in their external circumstances or society. Christian community or the people who follow Jesus and see the universe as his kingdom, they're called to a different kind of change. They're called to actually an inward change or an inner change. Consider the church in Colossae. From what we can piece together, they were a small church in a small town, just consisting of a few households. The amount of people in this Christian community was probably about the same size as your close group of friends and family. And yet, it attracted the attention of one of the biggest church leaders of their day, the Apostle Paul. He wrote to them and expressed how grateful he was to hear of the faith, hope and love that was being demonstrated in their relationships and that this was fruit of their belief in Jesus. The Apostle Paul was attracted to this church because of the inner change that was being demonstrated in them. In 1938, Harvard University began a study on 268 of its sophomore students. This study aimed to track the health of the students for their entire lives. This study still continues today, but now it's including the study of those original students and their children and their grandchildren and now their great-grandchildren as well. It's an unprecedented study and it's reflected a whole bunch of wonderful things about humans and health and their environment. But there's one thing that rises to the surface of all of the data and that's this, that close relationships more than fame, money or power are the key to living a happy life. This simple truth is exactly what Paul is encouraging the community of believers in Colossae with. 
that this inner change that we're called to as believers bears fruit in the relationships of our lives. In chapter three of Colossians, Paul addresses husbands, wives, children, fathers, and friends. And he notes that it's in these relationships where the fruit of inner change takes effect. By the time he wrote Colossians, Paul had very well established his faith and his views on Christianity. And Colossians is arguably one of the most succinct but extensive books of the Bible when it comes to describing what the Christian faith actually is. And he notes this one important fact, that all of it is based on a relationship with Jesus. Paul cleverly parallels Jesus' death and life with the inner change that happens in us when we believe in Jesus. There are things in our old life that need to die, and there's things in our new life that need to be born. Let me read to you what they are. In Colossians 3 verse 5, it says like this, here are the things that need to be put to death. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, which is using sex in ways that cause harm to us, impurity, doing things with our body or our minds that is not good for them, like excessive drinking and smoking, or even not getting enough exercise and sleep. Lust, evil desires and greed. We all experience those things, but we don't necessarily have to behave like that. These are the things that anger God. You used to walk like this in the life that you once lived, but now you can rid yourself of these things, anger, rage, malice, and slander. We don't have to talk about people in really destructive ways. Don't lie to each other. Since you've taken off the old self with its practices, and now you've put on the new self. Here's a list of what the new self looks like. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive just as God forgave you. And over all of these wonderful virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Can you imagine relationships that were characterized by these kind of virtues? In another book that Paul wrote called Galatians, he says there's no law against these kinds of things. They're just too good. You know, when I was 25, I'd been an adult Christian for about seven years. And I thought that I had undergone all the inner change that I needed to. But now, 10 years later, I realized that those changes that God draws me toward to become more patient, more peaceful, more compassionate, they're a continual thing. They happen in every life stage. As I became a husband and now a father, I'm realizing that those changes continue to occur. You might be a teenager. You might be a grandfather. You might be a mum. You might be a mum of teenagers. It doesn't matter where we find ourselves. The beauty of being in a community of believers of Jesus is that we are called to a continual change to the better. Paul concludes this section of his letter about inner change with this single definitive statement. He says that whatever you do, whether in word or deed, to do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. I think this single statement summarizes the Christian community's cause. Now, of course, 
this inner change that we experience as believers in a Christian community is impossible to do on our own. On one occasion, Jesus is having a conversation with a religious leader called Nicodemus. And he explains to Nicodemus that this inner change is like being born again. Nicodemus says, Jesus, that's impossible. How can a man enter his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus aptly points out, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. This rebirth is into a spiritual life that God has prepared for us. And we only get to experience it if we believe and follow Jesus. I want to invite you to believe and follow Jesus today, maybe for the first time, or maybe to renew your commitment to do that again. Let's do that by praying together. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the king of the universe. Lord Jesus, I believe that if I follow you, read the stories of your life and engage with other believers in community, that I will be able to see an inner change in my life that moves me from immorality and impurity toward wholeness, toward peace, toward compassion. Lord, I long for that life and I long to see its effect on myself and the people that I live with. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help me to do these things and that you would help me to talk about you. Lord, that anything I do in word or action will be done for you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please connect with us at a different light.com.au 